morning, and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. I'm your host, John Sumser, and today we're going to be talking with Lauren Larson, who is the Chief Technology Officer at HireVue. If you have been living in a cave somewhere, you might not know that HireVue is plowing really interesting new ground as they attempt to convert video interviewing data and other kinds of assessment input into a comprehensive look at the kinds of people that you hire. I'm looking forward to talking with you, Lauren. How are you this morning? I'm great, John. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having us on. Yeah, so why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself? So I'm Lauren Larson. I'm uh, Chief Technology Officer here at HireVue. Lead our product development team. I've been at HireVue almost eight years now. And it's been uh, it's been a really exciting ride, and yeah, we're we've been building some interesting products that we're we're, we're really excited about. Why don't you give me a nutshell? You know, you know, I I gave you my grandiose view of what HireVue is. Um, how do you describe what HireVue does? Great question. I mean, I think we think about it today as really helping people streamline their interview process to find the best people, and helping make the best decisions about talent. Um, talent decisions are really hard. People are complicated, jobs are complicated, organizations are complicated. Just trying to help people figure out in a systematic way what, how do we get the most successful people in to our organization out of this whole pool of people in the universe that we could go, go get. So do you think that people who are your clients, you know, uh, let, me, let me back up and say that, that uh, generally speaking, the recruiting business has a 50% success rate. Right? And, yep. and and that's that's pretty widely documented that, that you may as well flip a coin as use <laughs> conventional recruiting approaches to people. Do you do you have some evidence that that, that using higher views significantly impacts those odds? Yeah, I think we have we have really good data on that. I think um, you know, we're we're working with organizations to Figure out what success looks like for their jobs, and then predicting that, and that's that's pretty measurable. You know, we can look at we we sort of think of it as sort of when when people start to use hiring, there's two things that happen. There's sort of process outcomes, there's sort of process ROI, and then sort of outcome ROI. In other words, is our process getting better? Are we bringing people in faster? Are we reducing our co- cost of hire, time to fill? And then are we but are we getting in better people? And so we can measure that we're getting better people, but we're also helping on the process side, and the process side helps you get. When you, when you streamline your process from a 50-day time to fill to seven days using HireVue, you stop losing all your great people, and the candidate experience improves as well because it doesn't take 50 days to hear back. So we think those are all benefits that people are getting from using uh, the platform. But the, but the nice thing is you can measure the outcome, right? You can, you, if you've got salespeople and you have a certain sales quota achievement, uh, after using HireVue, you can measure and, and quantify that, yes, we have hired better people, sales quota achievement is, has gone up. Um, we've got some great case studies on that. That's interesting. So so what you just said is somehow using HireVue can enable radical cuts in, in time to hire. That's, how does that happen? Yeah, so, so what we typically see, I mean, a typical process, and of course this is a generalization, is someone applies, uh, eventually, someone looks at all of the applicants, does some kind of a resume scan, uh, maybe maybe helped by an algorithm, makes some sifting decision in out, um, and that's really constrained by how how many hours in a day do my recruiters have time to call and do phone screens with people, 
And then, you know, there's the decision about who to sift in and out is highly biased um, based on and inconsistent across recruiters. And then, then we call people and do a phone screen, which takes time. You've got to schedule people. You've got to go back and forth. You have no-shows, so recruiters are sitting idle. What, what happens instead is you can just you can look for either minimum qualifications or you can invite everybody to take a video interview and give a chance to tell their story, right? They get on video. This is asynchronous video. I think sometimes people are still confused that video interviewing is Skype, but somehow fancier. And there's obviously a live video component, but we're doing on-demand video where you send out a set of questions to people and they respond on their own time. Um, and that gives people the chance to tell their story, describe who they, who they are in a much richer way than is possible with a resume. So that invitation to take the on-demand interview can happen almost immediately. They're not waiting for someone to see their resume and make a SIFT decision and then schedule something. They can immediately, they can, on average, people get that invitation and they, they, they take the video interview within one to two days is an average time. Um, and then what we've done, so then that can be immediately watched and, and reviewed asynchronously. So people can go through those much faster than trying to go through traditional phone interviews. So you can consider more people um, on a richer view of who they are and that can immediately move move the steps forward rather than schedule a phone screen. So that's that's where a lot of time happens. And then once people do that, they typically will put an assessment step in and they'll say, okay, well, you got to this point, now you need to take an assessment. And there's sort of two problems with that. Again, it's, a, it's another transaction, another decision that has to get entered into the system, another step for the candidate to go through. And it, then traditional assessments aren't typically seen as a fun, engaging experience by candidates, and so you have a huge dropout rate. So a lot of... You know, it's not that you're hiring the best people. You're hiring the best people who are willing to take your assessment is the way we think about it. So, so those, those steps take dozens of days, typically. And with, with HireVue, what we've also done is collapsed the interview step and the assessment step. So when someone takes that video interview, a lot of our customers will also be essentially having uh, our assessment technology run on that to help score and rank those people so that you get all these video interviews back now you're presented with sort of a, a list of your candidates scored by who's the most likely to be successful in the job. And so they know, okay, we are going to do a, a human follow-up step. We are going to bring them in for an interview. We are going to do a phone, a phone screen, but on the best candidates. So, you know, someone can take an interview a day after applying and have a reach out from a recruiter, and they're in the sort of the finalist list within you know, just just a few few days of the of the initial step. So that's how people are compressing it down. Does that make sense? That was a lot of sure. a lot of words. Yeah, no, no, I I get it. So so what you're saying is all of the time necessary to get people to the point that they're doing the initial interview, you can collapse into a couple of days. And it, this is this is the gateway. To the next question: You have some technology that allows you to use that interview as a preliminary assessment tool. So. Let me ask you about that a little bit. Um, um, there was an inflection point in the history of HireVue where it turned from being a pure video interviewing offering into a, a, an offering that harnessed video interviewing data as a proxy for assessments, um, and that seems to have shifted the nature of the company over time. Tell me about this. Tell me about this decision. It, it, it seems, you know, it's, it's, it's a little creepy. It's a little hard to get your arms around, and it's, I think, extremely easy to misunderstand. 
So tell me a little bit about using video interviewing data as the foundation of assessment. Yeah, that's a really good question. And yeah, it, it is very it is very easy to misunderstand, I think. So the inflection point really came when we saw customers really adopting video interviewing technology and they were getting thousands of interviews back in a week or a day, even a day. And then they realized that they had to watch all the videos. And you know, resumes have a lot of issues, but at least they're an efficient way to make a decision. Maybe a bad decision, but they're efficient. Or with a video, they're like, yeah, I have a much richer view of this person, but now I've got to watch them to make my potentially biased bad decision I would have made with a resume. So we, what we really wanted to figure out was, okay, great. We've got this very rich view of a person. We've asked really good questions. We've got them on video answering the question. Can we predict from that who is going to be successful in the job? And that started to lead us down this path that's ultimately sort of culminated in a new assessment technology. And the idea was, look, if, if, we, if we know what's required in a job, what the competencies and skills and abilities are, which most interviewers don't actually know, and we knew which questions to ask to find out, to ask someone to find out if they can demonstrate those abilities and skills and competencies, which most interviewers don't. And we've asked, at, that, at the point in time we started this, we'd, we'd done a million video interviews. And so we knew we had a, we'd seen a lot of questions asked, for example. So we have this really rich data set around questions. We built an I.O. team that you know, has many, many years of sort of figuring out skills and competencies and questions that go with, with those. So we started building those into the video, video interview questions. And then the question was really, okay, what would you have to notice in the answer to those questions to determine if someone was good or not? And obviously we had a million interviews at that point, and now we've done, we just crossed nine million interviews that we've done with, with, with HireVue uh, this week. So we have a lot of data. And that sort of set us down this path of what can we learn from that data about predicting who's good at the job. And what's really, what I think people think is really creepy is the machine's watching what I'm doing. But it's the same thing that happens inside of a normal interview experience. You walk into an office, you have an interviewer, they're trying to notice everything that you're doing. It's just that they're not good at it, right? They don't know what to ask. They don't know what to pay attention to if they're paying attention. And if they're paying this attention in the same way to the same things you're saying that they did to the last five people, which is never true. So what we're trying to do is sort of say like, no, the machine's going to pay attention to you, to everything that you're doing. And it's going to be noticing the things that actually matter. And then making sort of a recommendation and a score based on that. So in a sense, that's great because the machine's watching you. But in a sense, it's like, wait, it's actually paying attention to me and doing it in a fair way as opposed to, you know, I looked down at my phone once during the interview and the interviewer was like, oh, people look at their phone, they're out. We have all kinds of biased decisions that people make inside of interviews that we're trying to really get away from and let you be evaluated on what matters in the job. Does that make cool. Sense? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so you've got now you've got this sort of building story that begins with trying to compress time with video interviewing, expanding that to further compress time with an, a sort of an assessment overlay on video interviewing. And now you are sort of driving full tilt into the assessment world. Um, talk about some of the new things that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been interesting because we, we started out thinking sort of, you know, assessments are this sort of old, stodgy technology with a bad candidate experience. Um, and here we are, in a, you know, really the, the fastest growing part of our business is about um, 
building assessments. Uh, and the way I think of assessments is about how do you fairly evaluate somebody um, based on who they are and their ability to do the job. And, you know, we've expanded that uh, in the last year. We bought a company last year called, called Mindex, which is a, a UK-based company that was doing um, games, essentially, for assessment. And um, when you think about what you can evaluate inside of a video question, you, know, you ask somebody a question, they're going to verbally answer. You can learn a lot from that about, you know, how they respond emotionally to something. Do they demonstrate empathy for a customer? Do they, uh, how do they work in a team? Those kinds of sort of softer skill competencies, personality, work style, et cetera. But it's a little harder to believe that you can get sort of to the cognitive traits. How well do they think? And cognitive traits are a high predictor of, of success in a job in a lot of job categories. It turns out we actually can measure a lot more than one might think from, from open-ended video questions. But there's this sense that it's not the best way to do it. Uh, if you want to know, can somebody process numbers? You know, they're a, they're, let's say they're a bank teller. Can, can, they, can they add? Uh, that's probably not the best. Asking them a video-based question may not be the best way to do that. So, you know, there's been this trend around game-based assessments uh, coming. There have been a few vendors in the market, and we felt like we wanted to create a complete offering so that you could get sort of the softer side of and communication side of how people work combined with the cognitive traits all in one candidate experience. So we bought Mindex. We've integrated their cognitive games into our assessment portfolio, which now lets you create one candidate experience where you, you, know, you, you make some decision to interview somebody, you send them an invitation, they get a link, and they answer some video questions about their experience, how they'd respond in certain situations. They play two to four fun, engaging games, and they're done. And it's, uh, it's been a really good candidate experience, and it really improves the predictive value of, of the assessment. So that's one of the big things that we've been working on. So what else is, it, what else is in the queue? I mean, you are, I think, breaking into the ground as you, as you turn into this stodgy old area. Um, what else is on your mind? Well, the other thing that we focused on is, well, there's really two other areas, I would say. We've started doing what we call pre-built assessments. The traditional assessment build that we've done has been very highly customized. So we sit with a customer, we understand their performance criteria, we understand their competencies, we design an interview experience, we run a validation study to prove that it truly does predict performance, um, that it's consistent, that it is free of bias. But that's a long process, and you need a lot of data to do it, and that's been problematic for customers. And you have to have a certain size and a certain volume to even get started. Um, so what we wanted to do is take what we've learned from that, uh, so let's say hiring salespeople. Like we've done a lot of sales hiring. We know what the competency abilities are. We know what good questions are. Could we build an off-the-shelf pre-built assessment that you can give to a customer and say, trying to hire salespeople, here you go, get started. And they can run with that and have great results. Um, or they can use that to get started and do a lot of hiring in the first year, for example, and then we come back and say, look, you've hired 2,000 salespeople this year. Let's, cust let's use this as a foundation to customize this for you, but you got started instantly. So that, that's been really exciting. We've released that for sort of sales roles, uh, customer care, sort of call center roles, retail sales, and uh, software developers. So, so you've got this, this great body of stuff that works on high-volume problems. What, what about the, the, the more uh, strategic individual roles? Does the same technique work when you're hiring, you know, the vice president of ecosystem development 
um, as opposed to <laughs> yeah. one of 5,000 salespeople? Yeah, it's a great, great question. So, you know, I think sort of stepping back to video, just video interviewing, we get asked that question a lot. Is this just good for high volume roles? You know, video interviewing is a great technology for kind of all roles. We've seen it from board hiring, CEO hiring, top executive hiring, down to call center, hourly workers. It's obviously harder to build. Volume's our friend, in a sense, um, with, with the assessment technology. In a way, it has the most value uh, when you're trying to sift a huge pool of candidates down to a, a smaller set. And we're doing some st- – so one of the things that we've done historically is we've always gone sort of from – the, the data inside of an interview where we knew it represents, we asked questions about a competency, but we were directly predicting performance. So we knew we were measuring six competencies, but we were aiming to directly predict a performance outcome. What we've moved to in the last year is the ability to predict individual competencies. So we will give you a competency score on communication, empathy, team orientation, et cetera, in addition to kind of the overall score. And that's been something our customers have really wanted like, okay, I get the overall score. I get that this person is likely to be successful. But I want to know more about them. Tell me something about what are their strengths and weaknesses. Not everybody who got a good score is the same. So that's been something that we're doing to give competency scoring. But that also creates a foundation to say, okay, if we've got 30 different competencies that we can measure, can we construct, say, a leadership profile out of that and identify what are the competencies required to do leadership across the board? So a company doesn't have to have hired 500 vice presidents of ecosystem development, what we can identify as a competency, because we can measure the competencies, we can then build a predictor for a leadership role in that company, even though they don't have a lot of examples. Does that make sense? Sure. So let me peel you back to some specifics. You've been talking a lot about predicting success, and we were talking before the show about the fact that that recruiting recruiting is a mess, right? The, the, it's, it, and, and it's a mess not in the way that I think that most people believe it's the best because on average recruiting processes produce success 50% of the time. Right. And so if I'm a recruiting, if I'm a recruiting manager of some kind, I'm looking for something that gets me well above that 50% mark. How far can you take me? What's, what's the claim about how far you can take me? It's a great question. And it's hard to put a number to that, and I wish I could just say 80% of the way. It's going to depend on a lot of things. It's going to depend on how well calibrated a company is in knowing what what success is. And, and different companies and different roles are easier to sort of measure and quantify. Um, some roles are very predictable. If you can show up and you can count, you can do the job. And then there are other jobs that are very complex very sophisticated and there's many different ways to be successful there's not a type or two skills you need and those are going to be tougher and those are going to take longer longer to do and you know i think technology is going to get better over time we're going to get better at measuring more nuances about people more nuances about uh competencies and knowing where to apply those so you know i would say we're we move the needle uh 10 or 20 points on average and that's a significant boost for most organizations will we ever get to 100 i think that's probably pretty pretty lofty goal, but we're going to keep moving in that direction. So that's interesting. I think that must mean that part of your offering is, seems to be that you, you almost have to have a service component that looks at the effectiveness of the recruiting process in general, right? because it's, it's, it's not the case that assessment lives alone in, in a quiet place. It, 
it lives right in the middle of something, and the inputs and the outputs to that are as powerfully influential on results as the actual process. So do you yeah, help people abs- with, with their recruiting? I think, first of all, when people start to apply a technology like HireVue, and I think it's true of any kind of AI adoption, it's not just a tool you drop into your existing process. You really have to look at, okay, we've got this new capability. How do we need to adjust the way we've always done it to make it successful? You know, for example, if you, if you use our technology and you you still watch every interview like you used to, or you still do phone screens and you just have this running on the side, you're not going to get the efficiency benefits. So, so people have to sort of adjust their process. But I think the, the bigger question you're asking is, you know, if you don't have a good view of what success is, if you can't measure that, if you have no way to quantify that, even if it's not perfect, that's pretty hard to predict. And I think that's where you know, we, we, we try to work with customers on that. We try to identify what data they have to use to build a success profile. But you know, being frank about it, I think the whole the whole space, the whole uh, field has a lot of work to do in in figuring out how to measure and assess success. And I, you know, I, there's a lot of people working on that problem. The, the sort of the traditional job performance annual performance review has been, you know, largely uh, people are trying to move away from that. But it's not clear that there's one better way to do it yet. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that at some point as well. But um, I think that's a big challenge. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe that there's a single way to do this. In, in my mind, that recruiting is yeah. really uh, a tribal initiation process, and it's inherent that it be done differently by different companies because you're trying to accomplish different things. The idea that somehow the entry point to an organization should always be the same is sort of very 20th century thinking. So... So there's that. One of the things that, that gets my attention a little bit, and I, and I, I want to make this quick because I do want to ask you a question about your core expertise, which we haven't hit yet. But it seems to me that if you deal primarily with volume, that what you're doing is prepping jobs for automation. And um, I, I wonder if, if you guys have thought about that at all, right? Because the, the better that you can define the job, the more ready it is to be turned over to a machine, right? So, so in the areas where your work is it's most successful, strikes me that that's where the jobs are going to start to evaporate. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I suppose that, you know, you're right. If, if we understand the jobs and the steps and what's required to do something successfully, we have the potential to at least the foundation to automate it. And if you don't know that, it's pretty hard to automate something. But I I think that a lot of the jobs that we're hiring for still require a human, there's a human element to do them well, right? If you you want to, you know, obviously we have a debate about how effective uh, some automation technologies are, but there's times I just want to talk to a person and I want to know that that person that person should be able to do the job. They should have empathy. They should be able to solve problems in a complex way. They should be able to make decisions about, you know, when 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 to take certain courses of action. You know, some of that might be automatable, and obviously we're going to see more automation of jobs. But a lot of the jobs that we're hiring for are are trying to assess what 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 success is in the human element. It's how do they communicate? It's how do they relate to another person? And those, at least today, are still inherently human qualities that machines haven't replicated. So anytime we understand something and what the steps are, we set the foundation for automation. But 
I think that we're still um, just trying to find the best people to do a job, and a lot of those jobs still require human human abilities. So let me jump hard. I mean, you're the you're the chief technology officer here. So 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 let's let's have a a, a minor dose of technology. You've done all of these amazing jobs that fundamentally have to do with scaling a network. And mm-hmm. what's that what's that like at higher view? What's what's the pace of the scaling problem that you that you're dealing with? In terms of the sort of growth of our company, growth, growth, yeah, growth. You, you know, as I look at your, as I look at your background, the the thing that strikes me about it is that you've always been in places where the core processing, storage, bandwidth components of the problem are exploding, and I assume that's happening yeah. because HireView is successful. What's yeah. interesting yeah. and different about this gig? Great, good question. I think there's sort of two things that have made this easier in a lot of ways. I think one is I've had to build a, a large team here. I mean, it's large is a relative term, but you know we've we've got 100 people in product development today at HireVue. It's never been as easy. I mean, the reason I came to HireVue was hiring teams at scale is so hard, and attracting and finding the right talent and not letting not lowering that bar is so hard. And just using our own technology has made that almost a joy because you spend your time with the best people and reduce spending large amounts of time with people who aren't likely to be successful. So that's been really helpful. I think the whole space of technology has changed in the sense that the ability to bring up infrastructure in Russia or the ability to bring up infrastructure in Sao Paulo, Brazil is literally just clicking buttons as opposed to 90-day you know procurement cycles of hardware and shipping and customs to put them in a data center and some all of that's handled in the cloud. So it, it has been much easier in those two regards. Just getting technology in anywhere in the world is just a completely different game than it's ever been before. Interesting. Well, well. so this has been a great conversation. Is there anything you want to be sure that somebody listening in takes away from it? Yeah, I mean, I think we've, we've touched on it before, but I think and we, it's really easy to lose sight of the fact, as we talk about AI and automation, that, you know, Every single one of these interactions, every one of single one of these interviews is is a is a is, we call, sort of reduce it into sort of candidate experience, but it's a life changing opportunity, potentially life changing opportunity for that candidate. And uh, whoever is working on AI technology sort of needs to keep front and center that the decisions we're we're helping people make about talent are fundamental. They're life changing, and we can't sort of get caught up in in technology, and we've got to remember there's that human side of it, and the outcome of this decision will affect their life for sort of for years to come. And I think that's really important for everybody on the AI technology side to keep in mind. I couldn't agree with you more. So thanks for doing this. Would you take a, a moment and reintroduce yourself and tell people how they might get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So Lauren Larson, CTO at HireVue. I'm on Twitter at Lauren Larson or Larson at HireVue.com. Thanks, Lauren. It's been a wonderful conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. You've been listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversation. You've been talking with Lauren Larson, who is the Chief Technology Officer at HireVue. You ought to check them out just a little bit. Thanks for tuning in today, and we will see you back here next week. Bye-bye now. (laughs) 